Hi folks, Glenn Joseph here with an update ahead of Progress Chicago. Now Chris Brooks and Grizzled Young Veterans problems have been well documented in the past and the other night at Progress Seattle, the Grizzled Young Veterans took it upon themselves to attack Chris Brooks' new partner in CCK, the OG CCK in Jonathan Gresham. Now, that leaves us with a problem. Jonathan Gresham now has a shoulder injury and is unable to compete tonight at Progress Chicago. So what we're going to do is we're going to put a new member in CCK because they will defend the Tag Team Championships tonight against Flamita and Bandido. We're going to go back to somebody who came through with Jonathan Gresham when he first started training. Jonathan's original training partner and one of his best friends, A.R. Fox, will tag Chris Brooks tonight as they defend the Progress Tag Team Championships here at Progress Chicago. Is that... All there is Is that all there is If that's all there is My friends Then let's keep dancing Let's break out the booze Hello and welcome to the Indie Corner I'm here with JP And we're here today to break down The upcoming York Hall show Summer Sizzler This coming Friday we're also going to have a little chat about WXW's latest show, Shortcut to the Top, which we both watched. And we're also going to be uh, closing with some comedy, let's just say. Not comedy that we're going to supply, but comedy that another UK company have supplied us. So look forward to that. JP, how you doing? I'm alright, mate. How are you? All good. All good. Uh, enjoyed watching back some Rev Pro last night, but mm. as you've probably noted as well, Benno is not with us today. Where's Benno, JP? He's... Spending time off to celebrate his girlfriend's birthday. Unbelievable. Can you can you imagine if he decided, no, I'm not going to do anything uh, for her birthday tonight. Spend time talking to us about wrestling. I think he's a selfish. Uh, I think he's a selfish part of this trio. To be honest with he's you, he's a monster. Putting all the hours in. Yeah. Coming up with the content, all the editing he does if he doesn't want to turn up. Um, I'm I'm appalled. I'm appalled as well. <laughs> Roy Keane wouldn't be happy, would he? <laughs> he wouldn't be happy. <laughs> Is that like footballers who get grief because they go to the births of their children? Oh, I've seen Mourinho kicking off about that recently. That sounds like the kind of thing yeah, you kick off about. Yeah, or it sounds like when Roy Keane got all his kids' ta- names tattooed on him and his wife said, why have you got, got mine? And he was like, well, you might not be forever. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> he's That's a, Roy. He's an interesting man. I tell you, mention about Roy Keane. I've been playing football manager as island manager and him as assistant he's not been nearly as lively as you'd hope him oh to he's be. your assistant he's my assistant ah I, I've more or less given him a couple of jobs to do more I, I let him do the interviews because I figure why not he's probably much better value than me <laughs> um, and yeah but other than that he doesn't say anything okay yeah he doesn't, okay. doesn't get involved at all okay Do you, are you and Roy getting on so far I imagine it'll kick off give it another year okay okay when you... I sack him okay so you've replaced uh, uh, Matt Riddle with Roy Keane? Effectively, yeah. There's a similar theme there, isn't there? Ireland, Matt Riddle. I'll leave the listeners to deduce <laughs> that one. <laughs> um, but let's move on and go over to our, uh, our first topic, I think. Uh, apologies mm. to Matt Riddle if he's listening, but I doubt he is because he's probably got much better things to do than listen to us ramble on as much as him and JP are top buds. Um, first thing we wanted to go over today was the... Rev Pro news that's sort of breaking this week. So I think it was Monday, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it was it, it was Sunday or Monday? It doesn't really matter. When they announced a set of TV tapings at York Hall, which kind of came out of nowhere, didn't they? Um, yeah. 
did you know anything about this? No, not at all. I mean, he's been asked about it before, and when he's done sort of his Q and A's on Twitter, and one of the things that he had said was he was only ever going to do it if he was able to produce the product that he wanted to produce, and there were sort of very specific terms and conditions about how he thought a television product should be. Now, has and he will have been around Andy Quilden when the Wrestling Channel, and then he had one PW, yeah. and they were spending money on TV. Yeah. So when he was asked about this on Twitter, one of the things that he was adamant about saying was was how he wanted it produced and he appears to be saying that that's what he is able to do he's going to be producing a a wrestling how he sees it it's fascinating they've got kevin kelly in to do commentary they've got some new japan stars joe your thoughts um that's interesting one because it's kind of come out of nowhere two nights at york hall they're loaded during this period as well. I think they've got seven shows in nine days. I think they've got a mm-hmm. show. They've got a weekend Leamington and a cockpit show. Um, then they've got the two TV tapings the week after at York Hall. Yep. Then a Portsmouth show on the Friday. Then they debut in Manchester on the Saturday and Sunday with the British J Cup. So that is one hectic schedule. Um, I, I wonder where this has come from. It felt like it was an opportunity that has just sort of landed on his feet that he's had to take, judging from the tone of some of his tweets. Um, I'm sure him and Simmons will be recording the podcast this week. We'll find out a little bit more as well. Hopefully on Friday there'll be a big announcement as well. Uh, yeah, there's surely got to be something. I think if we don't hear something, we'll walk away a little bit disappointed. But I'm sure all, you know, we can, we can, we've got to be a little bit more patient. I think yeah. we want to know everything now because it's been announced. But it's going to be interesting because I think York Hall, you know, for boxing on Sky looks great. Yep. It looks a different... Um, venue to what it looks like when you watch back some of the Rev Pro shows. Sky really dress the place up. They make it look amazing. Yep. Now, the big unknown here is TV channel. We don't know where this is being broadcast. We don't know where it's going out. It says TV taping, so I'm assuming there's some form of a TV deal that's in place. But what we also don't know is this is a UK deal. Is this some sort of international deal as well? Because the poster says... Revolution Pro International Wrestling TV taping. So is this a TV taping with a deal they've struck in another country? Is it Fight Network in Canada, maybe, that's previously broadcasting mm-hmm. ICW? I think it's the Impact Broadcaster as well, isn't it? It does Smash Wrestling and stuff as well. So we're getting quite excited, but I'm just wondering where this is going to go out. I'm hoping, best case scenario, it could be, say, BT Sport. Yeah. BT Sport recently announced that um, UFC is not going to continue on the network. I know that mm-hmm. this is wrestling, it's not UFC. But they've got to fill content hours. And I don't think it would be that expensive for a, for a channel like BT with the money that they make from football to invest a little bit in a cheap wrestling product. What do you think? That's the one I would like to see. Um, they mentioned TV production trucks, so... Gets your hopes up. It does get your hopes up. That was one of the things that was said about Strong Style Evolved as well, is they they can't keep them doing this as a as a small scale production. If you're going on a TV, it has to look like it fits yeah, a television absolutely. product. Except the the interesting thing is that Andy knows how wrestling should kind of look. So there can be some if you go back and see any of the boxing stuff with, with Sky, you can really see with the increased production values how that works. The way that they're able to ha- have cameras just over the ring um, and it just sort of makes it feel like a much more epic yeah, arena yeah, yeah. Um, if he's, if they're able to do that 
then that's fantastic. I assume as well that it's cheaper to do the York Hall on a Wednesday, on a, day, yeah. on a Wednesday Thursday. Um, whether or not they can get the thousand, like that's yeah. going to be really interesting midweek, yeah. especially on that. If you're a Rev Pro fan, I mean that's really Rev Pro week. So <laughs> yeah. how far you throw yourselves into it? In terms of other TV channels, some of the other names to throw out there, Dave, yeah, as a as a possibility. Um, Channel 5 is always something that kind yeah, of gets yeah. spoken about. And, and whether or not that's just us projecting that this would be the kind of thing that Channel 5 would, would like. Um, like I say, relatively cheap, but also if it's produced properly. And when we say properly, it's the kind of thing that if you're putting it out in prime time, you're going to hear the crowd swearing. You don't want to have to mute down crowd yeah. sounds and things like that. This is a product that should be really around 10 o'clock. Maybe that's just me and I'm projecting on it as well what what I want, but I kind of think this needs to be produced in its almost purest form as possible, just with higher production values. Yeah, I think a wrestling product that would attract me is going to be a later night wrestling product, not, you know, a fairground attraction on a Saturday mm. Saturday evening. I think one of the exciting things about it, I think I've always said uh, my view of wrestling, if it was most in line with a promoter in the UK, it's what Andy Quilden sees wrestling as. You know, Rev Pro are my favourite promotion. I've made no secret of that. Now, really, your For, hometown promotion. Well, yeah, South Coast. Um, yeah. Well, you say hometown. <laughs> oh, you know, that's fighting talk. A bunch of skates, Rev Pro. Pompey-based, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I jest. They're running in Southampton as well now. I, mm. I don't live in Southampton anymore, but, yeah, they're very much a South Coast promotion. Um and at the same time, it'd be interesting to see what they do with a TV product. I've said before to you when we've just conversed about wrestling on TV, I've always felt that they're the best promotion in the UK mm. to produce a TV product with the the talent they attract, but also their location because of yeah. being central in London as well. Yeah. Um, for their big shows. It's going to be interesting though because your call, we've obviously got a show that we're going to preview in a second um, on Friday. And then this is coming back to your call, what, two and a half weeks just after? It's a very quick turnaround and for two nights. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how these draw as well. I'm hoping with the £15 reduced price um, that they That's get good value. a good number. I don't... This is the... For me, it's a tough one because this is the week that... Um, oh, my work suddenly increases <laughs> tenfold yep. for the year. Well, mine as well. Well, well default, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I can only really get to one night. If it was a week before, I'd have been able to get to two nights, which would have been great. But we're also doing the shows just afterwards, aren't we? The weekend in Manchester, and we were going to do the Leamington show as well, and the Cockpit show. So this is very much a Rev Pro week. Seven shows in nine days. This is a huge undertaking, but... I think it's a really exciting time to be a fan of Rev Pro at the moment to see what they can do mm -hmm. and what comes of this. This is and the whole thing hinges on the channel. Does it? Is it on? Is it on Freeview for one? Is it on what we would consider? I hope it's terrestrial... not free sports. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. free sports is almost like worst case scenario. What with the five star, it is. It's, it's so minority and so niche. It's difficult. It, was, it felt like it was difficult enough to find in the RPG. But you always kind of hope that good wrestling will get an audience, but you don't want to sort of rely on that being the case. Yeah. Um, so if they're on a good, if they're on a good enough channel, they've been promised something that's going to be worthwhile or given a run of episodes, they can produce something that's that's really in tune with what what 
hardcore independent wrestling fans what they feel, want what they want and I always kind of think that's what you need to do to get that groundswell of opinion you kind of build it up so they have to go there with there's a lot of pressure on there I mean getting Zach over as well mm. is really good having Sho and Yo there um, is going to be good as well with the and you know Josh Bodum on TV that's going to be fascinating oh, he needs to tone his language down I suppose yeah. but um, it'd be good to see that bloke on TV I reckon he'll kill it it's going to be his big opportunity yeah. you know he seems to have not been given many opportunities or those that he's got I don't know what's happened but yeah it'd be good if this could work out for the bloke and for the company mm. generally um, interesting as well what with ITV and World of Sport the tapings sort of are happening around the time World of Sport is going to be just sort of over the midway point in its run as well so we'll know more mm. about World of Sport's fate and I think once we know about World of Sport's fate this is where we're going to know whether WWE decide to pull these four-month uh, out clauses on mm. the guys' contracts in the UK as well. So, yeah, really interesting times. be really interesting if WWE pulled those four-month clauses yeah. and then this turned into something really interesting. And then some of those guys, say like a Travis Banks, are kind of left in a bit of limbo as a result of that. I don't know if there'll be a non-compete that comes from that four-month as well. But yeah, be interesting to see. It's difficult with this not to get very excited and not to try and get the run of myself on it. Um, because this is feels like there's a very deliberate New Japan influence on this. And it's being mentioned. You mentioned international. You mentioned the fact that um, Kevin Kelly is going to be doing the commentary as well. They're going to have Liger because Liger's in Pompey going to have two days later. Have Liger as well. Cup. Yeah, you know they've they've got the J Cup as well. Is this something that is directly involving them? Is it going to be something as as not an arm of New Japan or anything else? Because I don't think they they think of it that way. But is this? Is it something that's going to be very overt in its influence or something that's just sort of mentioned? Yeah, I'm hoping they get Osprey as well because he's on the Leamington show. Uh, Juice Robinson's on the Leamington show. The God, yes. show. I think Juice Robinson would really get over on TV. I think he's got the charisma to really Osprey, get over. Osprey, Zach at a TV tape. Um, yeah, that, super excited for that. You want to get your best foot forward. I think I've always said to myself, I remember speaking to you about it before, if they ever get TV and it builds to a special... I would say Osprey Zach is the match they should build to. Yeah. Um, there's a natural rivalry there. Yeah. Personality pieces on those two as well. You got Osprey who always talks about mm-hmm. how he didn't do well at school and he was, you know, wasn't the brightest boy. You got Zach Saber Jr. who's clearly a smart bloke. Uh, um, <laughs> I think smart versus stupid. <laughs> Kent yeah, versus Essex. Maybe a bit of a natural rivalry right there. Um, and also you could play off their history as well, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, introduce the audience to that via video packages. And it's interesting hearing Quilden talk about World of Sport on his podcast because mm. you know he's taken on board what isn't working World of Sport. So he's almost had an opportunity to look at what might work for a slightly different audience out there as well. Um, any last words on this TV tape at all? Oh, um... One thing we haven't mentioned with this Rev Pro TV deal is, and it's really one of the bigger questions, is are they being paid for it? And it's that's one of the big imponderables. What kind of advertisers would come to the imponderables. table? Imponderables. Imponderables. Is yeah. that a word? It is now. Um, <laughs> I've never heard you ever say that. Well, I have loads of times. You have not been listening close enough. I see you most days of the week. <laughs> well, I do. I say, just out of your earshot. It's not a word it's for you. Like your phone voice. <laughs> Back on with it. Yeah, well, I do have that. Um, 
it's one of the unknowns about whether or not they're going to be paid, how that's going to affect it, and that obviously depends on what station it is. But if they are going to be being paid for this and the television production is going to be paid for, then this is the potential to be very interesting. And they get a rabid crowd yeah. that, that works for it and they get enough really good talent on there to be able to get, put their best foot forward. Yeah, They've got a good mix and access of really good talent. You mentioned about WWE as well. What are their reactions going to be to this? Because they probably... Uh, something twattish, I imagine. Well, you would imagine in their minds they're probably thinking at this point, ITV. I don't know what the ratings were for the third week. No, I haven't seen that either, actually. Um, that's one of the... Um, things about it is is that is that show that's going to end and ultimately be cancelled or moved on to a more minority yeah. station so and if that happens then i'm not saying this takes its place necessarily it depends on the channel for how seriously wwe would take that as a threat because they're still apparently looking for network television aren't they for nxt for, yeah, uk yeah yeah um it also that how the talent gets used i mean there's there's so many big imponderables with this and it's this one's come really out of left field because we were we were expecting World of Sport. It was being built up. It had been recorded a while back. You kind of look at it and think this is a um, you know th- th- this was a big deal for everyone within the industry. And maybe when having watched it, how is it going to get that hardcore fan base? Yeah, yeah. Um, and because it's that fan base, I'm not saying that it, you know, if you can get 300,000 of that, but they're passionate and they're kind of spreading it out, and then you get your casual viewers as as well. Yeah, there's so many imponderables with this. Yeah, there is. There really is. It's exciting time again yeah. to be a British wrestling fan, but let's see what happens. Talking of ITV World of Sport, I was going to say as well, um, friend of the show, friend of ours, Gareth Hodgson, did some. Really interesting research oh, based yeah. on Google Trends regarding World of Sport. And he loves a Google trend. He really does. And found some really interesting stuff regarding uh, Google patterns regarding World of Sport. Yep. I'm not going to go through them all here, but I recommend if you're listening, go and have a look at this because he's looking at, say, people's searches based around World of Sport, who they're searching for, who's standing out to them. Mm. It makes for some really interesting reading. Go and follow him at... at G H O D G O G Hodjo. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but shout out to Gareth there for some great work and some really interesting reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I think moving on, mm-hmm. uh, we've got Summer Sizzler coming up this weekend. So, well, we will see Benno. Yeah, well, we will. Um, is this is your call debut. <laughs> I, th- I think he probably wishes he was walking through the curtain at your call. But, uh, <laughs> oh, unfortunately, he will um, do easy. One day. Benson E or whatever his name was. He'll manage a Benno. Uh, didn't go to Easy Ernie E, was that his name? Something Easy like that. Easy Ernie E, yeah. Was it? I think I've got that wrong. It's, it's around <laughs> that. It'll, it'll, it'll cascade us for that. Uh, but yeah, anyway, moving on. Rev Pro, York Hall. We've got a really interesting card. Obviously, the main event is the one that stands out. Um, what are you looking forward to on this one? It's really. There's things that I'm obviously looking forward to like Ishii Volta that is a big attraction main event um, very much in the vein of Ishii Keith Lee and Ishii Keith Lee 2 Electric Boogaloo um, that was the, you know that's that's the match that is the kind of immediate draw 
But there's a couple of other matches on the undercard that I'm also really looking forward to. And now a third one that's been created that I think is is going to be a really good match. Um, and that's the two matches I'm also looking forward to. David Starr, El Fantasmo, and Damagee, Josh Bodum. And, I mean, that's that's a feud that you've really oh, yeah, you've that, pushed on here. Oh, yeah, it's my um, favourite. It's my feud of the year, I think, in the UK. I'm trying to think of a UK feud that's better. You've got stuff like Eddie Dennis and Mark Andrews, which has been mm. really good fun, but a different sort of feud. This is a feud between... Um, a, a, a rookie essentially in yeah. Dan McGee someone who's only a couple of years in who's not been around a lot who's only really wrestled in Rev Pro he's a Rev Pro trainee he works in the Rev Pro office as well but he's really made the most of this opportunity and had some really underrated matches with Josh Bowden this year um the style in these matches has been really quite violent at times quite brutal mm. like you really feel that there's an actual hatred between them, and you get the impression that Josh Bodum is a legitimate bully when you're yeah. watching these matches, and he enjoys beating on McGee, if anything. Um, and then he brings the viciousness out of McGee yeah. when he does it as well. Yeah, he brings a fight out of McGee, doesn't yeah. he? And these matches, they had one at York Hall, I think, in February this year, which went about seven minutes, and it was just a complete brawl, which Bodum... It was, I'd, I wouldn't say dominated, but he was very much on top. Um, but they really laid into one another. McGee took some horrible bumps in the match, but he really got over as a result mm. of taking these sick bumps. Um, and they came back to the match at another York Hall show and killed it again when McGee ended up getting a surprise win. But one of the things that really stood out in this one was McGee kind of embracing this wild brawler style almost. Mm. The way he was throwing in his clotheslines was almost Stan Hansen-esque <laughs> to some degree. And it works for the fact he's sort of grown his hair out as yeah. well and, there's, and he seems to have got a bit more stubble and yeah. sort of changing his image ever so slightly but still keeping the black trunks. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, a, it's quite a good look. It's a basic look at the moment. Mm. But at the same time he's embraced a style that you don't see a lot of training wrestlers in the UK mm. doing especially the trainees that we sort of see in this area of the country where we're based you think the, you, I think of the projo and the outlandish gimmicks that come out of that projo and really I've, the projo hasn't produced anyone who I'd say is particularly great um, or anyone who's got a particularly unique style that I can think of off the top mm. of my head Whereas there are wrestlers look, there who've gone on to become a bit more solid when they've worked around in a yeah. few other places as well. Yeah, but you look at, say, McGee, and he's got something different. Mm. He's got an intangible that would that would stick out if he went and wrestled in, say, mm. New Japan. Whereas, let's say, I don't know, Chuck Mambo went and did that. Is he going to stand out there? Yeah, he's going to stand out for looking like an idiot. <laughs> really, isn't he? As, as much he'd as get I over think, in DDT, they'd love that. As stuff. much as I don't mind a bit of Mambo, I know you are you know, his biggest fan... But McGee's... I've, I've had to warm to his work. Yeah. 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 That's a... I'd but be a fool not to. McGee's style of actually laying it in, of thinking about how he lays in strikes, about thinking about mm. his character and how he connects offence based around the character that he is. How he grows in each match as well. Smartly booked matches these. There's this growth period in each of the matches, I think. And it, they're few so far. The last match there was in Portsmouth where I think Bowden McGee had their best match yet. It felt like quite a complete match. And it got McGee over further as a babyface as well. Bowden is great at playing an arsehole. Let's not forget mm. that. He's put on a lot of size this year. Um, he's looking more like an actual heavyweight with the size that he's put on. And he's really sort of trying to look like this bully ass kicker, if anything. 
and the dynamic works in this feud. On shows that uh, they've both been on, they've had interactions as well when they've not necessarily wrestled. They've been mm. in tag matches against one another. And they found little ways to build the feud and get across this hatred. Because the cockpits are just a small venue and the Portsmouth shows attract local fans, not a lot of people have seen much of this feud, unfortunately. And they're going to take it to York Hall on Friday. Mm. Now, I think one of the problems is York Hall cockpit, there's sometimes a bit of a disconnect. You know, we go to the yeah. cockpit quite a bit. So we can kind of follow the storylines that go on at the cockpit when they go over to York Hall. Yeah, there was a great story of Eddie Dennis last year where he was on a losing streak, and as soon as he wrestled at York Hall, there was a disconnect. People weren't into it; they didn't really know what it was about because they hadn't been at these cockpit shows. They'd not been watching them on the demand necessarily. Mm. I'm hoping that this Bowden McGee match maybe has a package beforehand. I was yes, absolutely has to have a package, and that's I mean, links back to what we were saying about. Um, the television product that they produce is about getting over the characters. Um, that's something that was missing from ITV when he, he said about it on his podcast. That would really help. Yeah. Just to get this over as the blood feud that it is. Yeah. Um, and it should be something different. I, I'm hoping that this is wild. Yeah, this I'm needs hoping to be so a as well. wild affair. Not something that's kind of a match that's going on in the ring because we've kind of had those yeah. in the build up to this we've had it where McGee has tried to play by the rules and times when Bodum's made out that he's going to you know that he's he's actually earned, he's earned Bodum's respect and then attacks oh, yeah. him afterwards as well <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> really great stuff like his timing on that was was, was yeah. fantastic um, so that would really help if it's if it's wild um should really look forward to it. Hopefully, it won't be marred too much by silly chance. Like if it's a, if it starts off wild, I think I might just hopefully will yeah. engage the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, it's interesting you say silly chance. I know. Uh, I think we spoke to Dave Green, didn't we, about how much he dislikes some of the chance of the McGee Bowden match and. I'm kind of with him as much as I was into the match and yeah. it just became the crowd. They like McGee at the cockpit. Yeah. But the way a show they like him isn't investing emotionally in the match. It's char- coming up with as many variations on Dan chance as you possibly can. Yeah. Which, okay, it's a little bit funny, but just it takes away from the match a little bit. It doesn't necessarily add yeah. to the match. Don't make it about yourself doing, you know, self-indulgent chants that your mates are going to get a kick out of. Try and support the guys in the ring here, because it's going to help them, if anything. Um, It's a match I'm really looking forward to, and I really hope it gets over to the level it deserves to get Mm -hmm. over. Massive opportunity for Dan McGee as well. Um, I think both guys are going to kill this. I really do. Um, Last thing to say on it, if you ever saw the Bodum-Dijak matches, Donovan-Dijak from a couple of years ago... They're similar in vain to this. Just ridiculous brawls where they just beat the utter shit out of each other. Great matches so far. Check them out if you want something to watch before going to your hall on Friday to see the blow-off. Um, moving on from Bowden McGee, we've spent enough time on that one. Um, David Star El Phantasmo is one that I'm looking forward to. Mm. Um, what about yourself? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dave's, David Starr's heel work has been fantastic in yeah. Rev Pro. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for those who are sort of familiar with seeing him in progress, where he, he embraces being a being a baby face and does it with absolute gusto, here he does it in completely the opposite vein. He's able to do it and get that kind of correct heel heat. Like yeah. he, he kind of knows how to generate, he knows how to interact with the crowd. Phantasmo has gotten really, really good and his yeah. confidence levels are up. 
He's he's also lost a lot of bulk. Mm. One of the things when he first came over, you got the impression that he was very muscly, and he seems to have have lightened down. And this is a guy who impressed on the strong style evolved shows. I would like to think in some way that would have he really got over in Manchester, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, really got over in Manchester in four way. I hope uh, you know. Ever since the match that we saw with him against Curtis Chapman at the cockpit, which was mm. for me it was kind of that was the real turning point of actually there's something really here. And ever since then he's been he's been getting better and better, working with really good talent, connecting with the crowd. I'm not into dubstep, but he absolutely backs it up in the ring. Um and so this is a match that's been built to really nicely. I mean I built to it well at the last cockpit show in the main event. Um I'm expecting a hell of a match um, if it's given the correct amount of I think it will be. They often give a good amount of time to these yeah. matches at your call. And Fantasma will absolutely go out there and go wild because he realises it's a really big stage for him. Yeah, well, he had the match with Osprey, the last your call show, which I was really looking forward to and I was a little bit disappointed by. And I think he mm. seemed a little bit disappointed as well. So I'm hoping he's got something to prove here as well. Him and Star have had one match I've seen previously as well in Rev Pro, which was a really good match. So I'm hoping they can build on that one. And Star is a guy who I think has made the most of his singles opportunities. In progress, I think he's wasted. He's been putting a tag team to a company, Jack Sexsmith, who's a progress regular, and he's just got a position in a tag team of him. And it feels yeah, like it's all he's... about Jack Sexsmith. And I like Jack Sexsmith, but David Starr's a better wrestler, and he could do more in progress if they allowed him to. Mm. Here, he's been given that opportunity. He's been he's he's a heel, but he's a hilarious heel. Um, <laughs> and a real free agent in a time where everybody's aligned with yeah, with others. Yeah. He's 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 a fascinating figure for kind of moving between all of these various companies. And he's really good at Twitter. He is. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on as well. So I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, moving on, I think Ishii Walter is the main event. Yeah. That's the one that I think we're all excited for. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, this is an interesting one. Walter coming off G1. He's probably going to Ishii be... coming off G1. Sorry, Ishii coming off G1. He's In our next... dreams. That would be awesome. Maybe next year. Yeah. Maybe this is a preview. Oh, please. Or maybe this is his chance to prove himself and get a spot in New Japan. I saw that Walter was doing a curious cat thing, and someone said to him, do you prefer the WWE title or the IWGP? And he put, IWGP, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. So I'm hoping Walter's having a little wink and a nudge there while he's doing that. Oh, please, God. Yeah, so Ishii coming off G1, probably bruised and battered, 14-hour flight over to the UK. How do you reckon Ishii's going to fare in this one? Um... It's an interesting one because it's number one contenders match. Winner of this is due to get a shot against Minoru Suzuki. Um, we've already had Minoru Suzuki over here. I like the idea of Ishii being like a gatekeeper to New Japan against Walter and Walter really having to kind of go out there to not only get himself the number one contendership for Suzuki, but in the much sort of bigger picture, being sort of shown of this is a guy we need mm. to get in. This is a guy who is worth investing with we don't need to get him in for every tour and you know get, he, he is an attraction and that's how he feels and that's why I said at the beginning of this preview this feels like a, a real attraction I mean I'm expecting stiff as fuck obviously yeah yeah um, but will be an awesome atmosphere will be absolutely killer I mean if Ishii is is somewhat beaten up I mean the guy doesn't phone it in so I'm expecting nothing more really than very good. There's a lot of pressure and hype around this. And it's, I've heard people say there's not many title matches on the show. 
Um, and so. normally that would be a kind of point of complaint sometimes, yeah. but I'm fine with this because this feels like a main event. Yeah, no, it definitely does. It's an interesting one as well because I think with Ishii facing Omega for the IWGP title, it makes it a little yeah. bit more unpredictable. I thought Walter was an absolute shoo-in to win this and then go and face Suzuki. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see if Walter's put over the Ishii here, is this going to play into a larger storyline in New Japan about Ishii being battered, coming off the G1 maybe? Yep. Um, is anyone going to get involved and cost him the match potentially? I mean, they build to another Ishii match a couple of months down the line. We'll see, but... Super- you need some wonderful fantasy booking just based around yeah, where th- they go well, this with is a Walter. dream match, isn't it? Yeah. Like, in a... You know, a wrestling world where I don't think there are that many dream matches left in the UK. Really, this is this really is a dream match. I'm sure it's a dream match for Walter as well. So let's hope mm. <laughs> he makes the most of the opportunity. Uh, continuing from here, the rest of the card uh, looks fine. Kashida Adam Brooks is one that I'm not looking forward to. I like Kashida. Adam Brooks, I think, is the most overpushed guy and the most. Him and Jonah Rock, in my opinion, are the two most overrated guys on the indies right now. I don't understand why people are so high at him. I think Adam Brooks is getting a lot of opportunities that he really doesn't deserve as a result of being Will Ospreay's mate, if I'm honest. Um, I've not heard many people say that, but yeah, he's not done anything for me so far. Kashida. I love Kushida. He's had some boring matches at York Hall before. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm hope In an ideal world, this will go eight minutes. It'll be a sprint. But I think we're going to get 20 out of this one. That's my that's my issue with it, is that Adam Brooks, I'm probably a, I'm probably a bit higher on him than you. Um, it's because you've got an Aussie bias. Yeah, that's true. I do. Um, but the thing with... Adam Brooks is he never seemed to be booked in that sprint. I think the closest we've seen to it is in PCW when he was up, yeah, in, and up against Matt, Matt Riddle. Brian Cage, I saw in New Orleans at Rev yeah. Pro, he had a good match, which went about eight minutes he, again. He, he's never put in that match. Now, I'd be fine with this being a sprint with Kushida winning, because ultimately Kushida's the one with the kind of gravitas yeah. behind him. I'd be fine with that. That would work really well, and it could be just a kind of non-stop, frantic, eight minutes go out. Yeah. Sets up... Sets up um, the rest of the night really well. If they yeah. could do something like that, I'd be I'd be really happy to see that. Continue with the new Japan talent. We've got the great Okan <laughs> versus Shane Strickland. This is a wild oh, match, isn't it? Really like Shane Strickland. Yeah, he's I, great. I always enjoyed seeing Shane Strickland over here. This is weird. Um it's Okan's over here for what? Is it gonna be like another three months. Three months yeah, and he's been weird. over here for probably what, a month and a half, something like yeah, that? Yeah, probably. I mean, his matches are really slow, and they were fine in the Rishi Ghosh comedy sense on the show we went to at the cockpit. I don't somehow see... I, I can't see this working. Maybe I want to with the best <laughs> will in the world. I think this could just be a match which just goes down as being a bit weird. I would um, get the I would get Gideon Grey. I'd get um, Rishi Ghosh. Yeah. Possibly the anti-fun police involved in this in some way. I'd maybe even turn it into a tag match. Where Shane Strickland ends up teaming with Rishi Ghosh and the Great Okan with Gideon or Gideon manages Great Okan. Shane Strickland's managed by Rishi. Just continue that undercard comedy storyline, which I'm a big fan of. I think Lord Gideon Gray and Rishi Ghosh are the best two comedy workers in the UK, personally. I don't think they get enough bookings outside of Rev Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think that people are missing a trip by not bringing those guys in, to be honest, because they are hilarious. Um, mm. uh, this is going to be an interesting it's one. It's a wonderfully family-friendly gi- uh, gimmick as well. Oh, yeah. Like the anti-fun play. But it so. works for an older audience yeah. as well. So oh, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a smart gimmick. I think the unknown quantity on this card, again, or really is El Soberano versus Titan. I'm not really a massive fan of um, the Mexican scene. I've not really into Lucha. I've seen Titan a couple of times. Um, he looked fine. Mm. Um, I'm sure this will be fun. Any any thoughts on this one? Um, this feels to me like this is the this is like hopefully the CML LL relationship reboot after the uh, he who oh, shall not be named Sam Adonis <laughs> Sam Adonis in the yeah, cockpit. Yeah. Um, that this is the kind of reboot of this relationship. Um, it's actually, I think, a good match to put on if it's worked in a... I mean, it may not be for us, but if we get to see what is effectively an authentic Lucha match at a Rev Pro show, it shows that variety. I could see this um, being the first one after intermission. Get, yeah. get the crowd back up, yeah. a few dives. Yep, dives, sleeps, a lot of stuff that's effectively very, very safe. Um, again, like you, I don't... I don't have enough time in my life to watch a lot of lucha. I tend to sort of the big shows, so the anniversary one and Triple Mania, I'll find myself watching, but I don't have enough time to keep up with it on a constant basis. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it's good, but it's a bit of an unknown from us two. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, we'll see how it goes over night. And then we've got a tag match, which originally was the Killer Elite squad against Aussie Open. Mm-hmm. Uh, due to the death of Jim the Anvil Neidhart, who Jay Lethal will never get his win back over now that the man's just passed away, um, <laughs> we've now got Aussie Open facing CCK, but CCK of um, Chris Brooks and the OG of CCK, according to Glenn Joseph, um, Jonathan Gresham. Mm. I actually think this might be a bit of an upgrade on the previous match that was booked. Absolutely, in both ways. Both of the matches that have been affected by by this, I think this, uh, this is a massive upgrade. Um, I have no enthusiasm for Killer Elite Squad. I, I don't mind Lance Archer so much as a sort of wild brawler type. I suppose he has the look as much as anything, if, if, even if it is somewhat generic. I've never been interested in Davey Boy Smith Jr. I don't think it's going to start anytime soon. <laughs> um, so the upgrade of having... CCK having Chris Brooks in a tag team with someone who he knows in an environment where I think he needs to be I know that there's the determination of possibly going into a singles feud it's nice that, that by default maybe hold back on that if you can get Gresham for a few dates that's great Jonathan Gresham's great yeah I'm assuming I really enjoy him because we got the uh, Ring of Honor tour so I'm wondering if mm. he was over for that and he's just been because I think they've got a show in like Edinburgh or somewhere yep. at night. So I'm wondering whether... On the Sunday, it's... Um, it's in London, isn't in it? In London again. For... Young Bucks against Jody and Johnny. That's, yeah. uh, if I was On my birthday. It... Oh, yeah. You're going to see Attack that day, though. I'm going to see Attack that day. Instead. I'm out of the country. If I was in the country, I'd definitely consider going to see that Young Bucks, Jody and Johnny match. Yeah. That's, as far as generation matches go, that's a it's a cool match. Um, last match on this one as well. So we should we should go back to talk, to talk about now the CC. I mean... Where do you see this match going, in particular, in terms of Aussie Open and CCK? 
Because there's um, an interesting dynamic of where the tag team situation is in Rev Pro. Yeah, they've got some good tag teams in here at the moment. They've been using a lot of tag teams on the um, cockpit shows of the Hunter Brothers in recently. who have done had some really good matches. The yeah. most underrated team in, in the world, if you ask me, the Hunter Brothers. Um, Great match with Aussie Open at the yeah, last cockpit really good, shows. Yeah, really good. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting division, is the tag division. But the challengers are going to... or Whoever wins this, I imagine, is going to face... Zack Sabre Jr. and Suzuki on a show mm. at some point. Now, I think Suzuki is absolutely going to massacre Kyle Fletcher if he gets a chance. Um, I kind of look forward to that one. Um, <laughs> cruel, but yeah. We'll see how he, we see how he treats Mark Davis. Yeah, but it's going to be an. In, I, I can. It looks to me like it's building towards Aussie Open. They're unattached as well. Yeah, they've not got some bullshit WWE contract. I think they're open to get into. New Japan as well yeah. at some point, and possibly Tag League if Carl Fletcher bulks up a little bit. Well, they're doing so. WXW Tag League, so, you know, fingers crossed. Yeah, it's exciting times ahead for Aussie Open, who, mm. again, I said spoke earlier about El Phantasmo being, improving so much. I think Mark Davis came over here great. I think Carl Fletcher came over here raw but very talented. I think Carl Fletcher's really improved in the last year oh, as well. Oh, he is. Massively. I mean, if you think of like almost his single standouts moment of being the match against Jay White at um, Strong Style Evolved, and I know we've not been the biggest Jay White lovers, but that was it was I was into it because I was into Carl Fletcher, mm. and I wanted Carl Fletcher to do well, mm. and he did. And so... If he's someone who they're going to be investing in, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that one. Last match is a, another match that has just been made because it's been changed around, and that's Yearn Simmons, your mate, um, <laughs> against Lance <laughs> Archer. Uh, well, you're always talking to wrestlers, no, mate. Yeah, you still haven't bought Yearn Simmons' t-shirt off him, so you're going to have to do that on no a. Problem. This weekend, so you better sort sort it out, mate. Um, you looking no forward comment. to seeing Jan Simmons in the Dundee Arms before the show, after the show, after the show? He's in there before the show, and I think there's problems. Um, I I'm looking. Hopefully, he'll come across. It'll be interesting to see him. He'll be holding court again as usual. He'll be there. Um, I I don't think we're going to get any interaction between him and David Stark because that's obviously a feud that in WXW, WXW yeah, are, yeah. are going along with. Um, this one, I, do they allow Jern Simmons? Is he going to do his entrance that he did? Hope so. At Progress? I hope it's so. It's a great entrance. It's a great entrance, and he'll get a good reaction from the from the from the crowd. Um, it's him and Lance Archer. I have little to no expectations of it being great. Jern Simmons oh, only just Lance back from long term. Yeah, TNA uh, legend like him, Lance Hoyt. Yeah, yeah. I was, well, I was saying earlier on. I mean, he's a uh, you know he's. He has that kind of big horse generic look. PCW is the place for him. <laughs> if he's going to be anywhere, he'd get, go over an absolute treat there. Or your promotion with uh, Samuel Shaw and Gunner, <laughs> Mr. Anderson, the TNA legend. He was all right. Uh, Mania. Him and, him and Kid Cash as a tag team. It was great stuff. I have no memory of that. Kid Cash <laughs> trained Bowden, though, didn't he? He did. Apparently, Kid Cash is an arsehole, so... Explains a lot. Good wrestler, though. Underrated. Mm. Just, just like Bowden, so... Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Jan Simmons making his Yorkle debut as well, but Jan Simmons recently made his return to WXW mm. as well. He was out for a good while, was Jan Simmons, with a, I think, was it a knee injury? I'm not 100% sure, but uh, he was certainly nursing his knee, it seemed, when we were at... Um, well, he had it in a cast, didn't he? Yeah, didn't 16 type. carat this mm. year, and JP paid 20 euros to sign Jan Simmons' cast, didn't you? 
No. <laughs> what are you talking about? He was asking. He was charging people a fiver to sign his card. Oh, was it? Uh, no, did no, people no, actually no. sign it? I think loads of people oh, signed it. It's a waste of five euros. What an absolute carny that man is. He's a wonderful like, carny. I kind of respect it, but <laughs> fuck me. He was asking you all weekend for a t-shirt by <laughs> yeah. five euros to take a pen and sign a cast. Like, yeah. wow. Wow. Is that for a while he was trying to make ends meet? I, yeah, I don't, I don't blame the man, but yeah. God, he took advantage of those fans, didn't he? Anyway, so Jan Simmons returned last week to WXW at their shortcut to the top show. Mm. don't know if uh, any our listeners are familiar necessarily with the shortcut to the top concept, but it's a Royal Rumble type show that WXW do every year where the main event is a Royal Rumble, a 30-man over-the-top rope match. Um me and JP got a chance to watch this show last week. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a really fun show. Yeah. Where do you stand on it overall? A really fun show. Um, I will say in terms of the shortcut to the top match itself, having seen the one that there was the Riptide Rumble, I suppose in some ways... I preferred I the Riptide Rumble. I preferred the Riptide Rumble. But this Riptide was still, Rumble. still a lot of fun. Still a lot of fun. There was a lot of people who I wasn't really um, too far away aware of because of uh, the nature of the German scene. I did enjoy the undercard for for kind of what it was and what it did. Um, yeah. Particularly the shotgun match, the tag match. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the um, the ti- WXW title match as yeah. well because I'm into that absolute Andy. I think there were some great storytelling yeah. across the show. I think. Yeah. So we opened with Marius Alani and Bobby Guns. Mm. Um, now Alani had won a tournament, hadn't he? Yeah, and this was for the shotgun title that Bobby Guns has had for a little while now. Um, Bobby Guns, I think, has been a real breakout in 2018. Ever yes. since Carrot, really, his profile has massively grown. Um, some he really got over with the Irish fans that weekend, and that almost seemed infectious. It seemed it to was really transfer to the German yeah. fans, and it seems to have remained since. And it went to us. We were. Com- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was um, some of the Bobby Guns chants, which were great as well. Yeah. Like, good chance that. Work within the context of the match, not chance yeah. to get yourselves over. The, all the the fans around there were chanting as well. You could tell. Even I don't think they the listeners over. know where there is, mate. You're pointing at it, but they, I don't think they can see where you're pointing at. <laughs> all so. around the ring, <laughs> cheeky bastard. Um, all around, all around the ring, you could see the fans um, when he was coming out, say uh, doing the guns, Bobby Guns chant along to his music, um, and they're completely invested in him as someone who was, you know, this dastardly heel, you know, going to Hamburg wearing Werder Bremen kits and stuff like that. And to the point where he came out here, I mean, the guy is a star and he's a star in front of the audience and he deserves to be a star. Yeah, he's got some real presence as well, hasn't he? Um, The actual match I thought was really good fun. It reminded me of a WCW sort of US or TV title match on like an early 90s pay-per-view, like a Steve Austin versus Dustin Rhodes match or something. It was worked in a very similar, quite economical, but very interesting Mm -hmm. way. Um, Everything made sense, everything built from one moment to the next. The storytelling here as well with the end, I thought was great. Yes. So Marius Alani... And the foreboding as well for what was going to happen oh, later yeah, on in the yeah. night. Uh, so the, the storytelling over the course of the show was just spectacular, I thought. So yep. Marius Alani, who split up with Absolute Andy last year after Andy turned at him in the tag league, lost to Andy on the first day of 16 carat, and Marius Alani had his foot under the bottom rope. Yeah. Or did he have it on the rope? I can't remember. When 
Andy pinned him, and then Andy went on to win 16 carat. Mm-hmm. Here, Bobby Guns, when Alani pins him to win the title, has his foot under the bottom rope. So Alani walks out with the title. Great stuff. Yeah. Really kind of playing into what really has screwed Alani over this yeah. year. But then Alani gets that little bit of luck. Yeah. But then this kind of ties into what happens later on in the show. Yeah. Where in the shortcuts of a top match, Alani ends up turning heel and teaming up with Tarkin Aslan, formerly of Rise, which was yeah. a great angle. So after this, later on in the show, Aslan does an angle, doesn't he? Where mm-hmm. he essentially has been out for a long time and it's revealed it's, that... It's going to be his retirement, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It, it's revealed that actually he's got nothing wrong with him. And this plays into the Rumble match where we see Marius Alani turn up, Tarkin Aslan, and they end up teaming up. And they end up uniting as a new force in WXW. Yeah. Great stuff. Really great stuff. Really simple, logical storytelling that plays off stuff that's happened previously in the mm-hmm. promotion. And all involves local homegrown guys. All yeah. involves, you know, what is the regular WXW crew. I thought when you say about it being like a WCW US title match or even a TV title match it felt like that's what that kind of a title should be doing should be elevating yeah. so I mean one of the things is that Bobby Guns is what the second longest reigning shotgun champion yeah. um, and so him losing it is a big deal and is an event he's still kind of protected and obviously it built in well with the Alani character as well that you could have uh, a rematch at, yeah. at another point as well I think it does Good stuff with Alani because the impression I got of him as a as a face is he was a bit bland. He was a bit stale, yeah. Yeah, I think he had a bit more character as a heel. They call him the ninja, but you kind of never knew why there were things like yeah. like that about him that that I was unsure about, and I think that's a, a better natural role. Aslan's a good talker, so if you got him doing the some of the talking as well for Alani, I think that's that's really good stuff. Does Andy play into this? Is this a case where Alani goes, do you know what, this is why yeah. I, ha- I have to take these kind of opportunities in order to win. That's the only way that yeah, I'm going to move up the card. Yeah, maybe with him a little bit more, understands. It's, it's great. And after seeing all of the G1 and all the remarkable amount of intricate storytelling that's going on there, to see this going on in Europe as well, obviously not to this kind of same level that New Japan does it, but it completely works. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a storyline that went throughout the show and obviously we had a Bobby Gunn story that went throughout the show. We'll get to that in a bit. Okay, so going on from there, mm-hmm. um, we then had the tables match. Oh no, we had the Dirty Dragon versus yeah. Walter match. Um, this was a, a match. Dirty Dragon, bit of comedy. Walter kicked his ass. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, well, it's part of the trial series, isn't it? I mean, where he's trying to earn respect, and there was a point where he was gonna he was gonna run out and not face Walter because he just thought he couldn't do it, but then. Came back in and got absolutely squashed anyway. So it's it's a it's a storyline and a match. That's really all it was. Yeah. So then we had this tables match between uh, Rise of Even Kiev and Pete Bouncer, JFK, and Monster Consulting. Bit of plunder. Mm. Reasonable fun. Um, what you'd expect from a tables match. I'd say this is on the better end of tables matches. Um, yeah. For my money. Um, anything to say about this one? Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, apart from that one table that wouldn't break, <laughs> that oh, was yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. was horrible. Um, I enjoy Monster Consulting. It'd be nice to see them do a few dates. Rather like Rise over here as well. Yeah. Um, I think Pete Bouncer's got 
a way to go. I think there's there's just things about him in the ring that yeah, necessarily he's over are, as a character. But... He's over as a character, but I just think he needs a bit more time in, yeah, the, in, in the ring as much as anything. And I think having him with I, you know, it, it works with how it is within Rise, but also now we've got what would be the sort of perhaps the Rise implosion sure. that takes place. JFK are great for taking loads and loads of wild bumps, um, but it's interesting how in, over Julian Nero and Avalanche are. And we saw our over avalanche work. They need to get themselves to Ireland like now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then moving on from that, we mm-hmm. had the WXW Unified Championship match between Absolute Andy and Ilya Dragunov. Now, I wasn't a big fan of this match. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I really like both guys. I think the Absolute Andy character is great. I think he's hilarious. And I think he really understands that he's playing a cool dad. And he mm-hmm. really is buying into it with the sunglasses, yeah. with the casual street clothes he wears in the backstage segments you see on Shotgun and all the rest of it. And he's just a bit of a cheeky bastard, really. Yeah, wonderfully and, egotistical. Oh, yeah, yeah, but it's it's great. And he knows that he's going to cheat to win because it's how he's going to get there. He's like a late bloomer, if anything. He's a really fun character. I didn't think, though, that mm-hmm. the two styles necessarily gelled in a coherent way. I didn't feel I didn't feel that Andy was the type of wrestler to benefit Dragonov's um, pure intensity. Yes. Let's just say, I thought that it was hard for him to channel that against a guy who's all about having a laugh. If anything, well, he's uh, just about kind of like backing away, isn't he? Yeah. Just not, I say, not taking it seriously, but. I mean, he's effectively trolling a lot yeah, of the time, yeah, and, he, yeah, yeah. and he does that to great effect. Um, I really like the Andy character, and I think that for me is the thing that I really enjoy with him. And I also wonder if he serves a very practical purpose in that he's the veteran, and having him as the champion um, works because he's hated by the audience, apart from that one person who tries to get Andy Chance going, oh, and yeah, then he's always yeah, shouted yeah. down. It's great fun, but. One of the things uh, about him is is that is Ilya going to be travelling around a lot in the next year? Is Walter going to be travelling around a lot in the next year? I think they've done a really good job of building Andy into a plausible yeah, champion yeah. who isn't a wrestler on their level, but he's not meant to be. He will do every shortcut he can to get to the top. And, I, and having him as kind of like the base with which to kind of build a lot of the year's promotion around you could do a lot worse especially if you know Dragunov is going to do Bowler you've got um, you've, you've got Dragunov over to do Progress Progress Wembley and that's going to open up eyes onto him you know you've got we've said about Walter already at Rev Pro and all the mm. possibilities in his future if he chooses to go I think it's it's a change that kind of needed to happen. I think Ilya's probably better with the chase as well mm. than perhaps as champion. And they didn't overexpose him as champion. Yeah, no, I think you're and right. I, and, and so he, probably he's a good point get... to have a have a title change. Yeah, I think he's going to get another run at some point. This yeah. to me felt like it was a match to get to a destination. I thought yes. that some of the layout of the match was fine. It was all about Andy kind of being the smarter guy. Ilya Dragunov risked, like, doing some stupid offence at times. Yeah. Andy was just like letting him do and then capitalising on Ilya's mistakes, if anything. Um, I did like the pose that Andy was in at the end where he's got the title in one hand and he's got his 16-carat trophy in the other. The cheese factors kind of turn up to 11 here. I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely fine with that. 
Then lastly, we had the shortcut to the top match. We're not going to go through every entrant and go mm-hmm. through like a play-by-play review of the match because we'll be here forever. Oh, God. And yeah. I'm sure you've all turned off by now well, anyway. You live-tweeted that Riptide Rumble. I did, yeah. That was a job. Um, but it was quite fun as well. I'll, yeah, I'll keep up with it. Um, but here... It's quite interesting because we started off with David Starr and Walter. So the continuation of this epic feud, mm. um, which it seems to have been a feud that's gone on for well over a year now. Um, I'm sure this is going to get paid off at some point. It's a good way to start it, I thought. I really wanted David Starr to eliminate Walter. I thought mm. this would be a really nice way um, to give David Starr something in this feud. He hasn't pinned him, which is his, his intention, but he got something out of him. I thought that would have been quite cool. Um, yeah. But that didn't happen. But it still helped to develop the storyline slightly. Um, in general, I thought this was a decent Rumble match. I've seen be- I've seen a couple of better this year. I really actually enjoyed the WWE's Men's yeah. Royal Rumble match this year. I didn't mind some of the nostalgia of the Women's Royal Rumble. I thought the greatest Royal Rumble was a joke. That hasn't yeah. got enough criticism by um, all of the... Uh, purist warriors on Britrest Twitter, but hey, it's WWE and they're in bed with their mates, so probably why, let's be honest. Sorry for taking a shot there. Just can't resist it sometimes. Um, <laughs> but this was certainly a fun match. Um, mm-hmm. There were some really nice moments in here. I loved Timothy Thatcher's return. I loved the embrace he has with Walter. You know that the crowd, obviously didn't know about it so as soon as he comes out there's a massive ovation for him I thought that was a really fun return um, good to see him and Walter back together I'm hoping Thatcher's going to be here as a regular again um, I think he's been missed since he's been away from WXW and I think WXW brings out the best in Timothy Thatcher if anything so really glad to see him back um, mm. are there any highlights in this that stick out for you? Um, I would say you mentioned about Timothy Thatcher coming back in into a place where he is completely res- you know treated with the with such a level of respect that he absolutely never phones it in there and he has a really important role there as well if anyone gets a chance to to see some of the round table stuff that they've done um that's worthwhile watching as well um i would say Yearn simmons return um yeah. that was that was big you were marking out for this one weren't you yeah <laughs> it was it was interesting because obviously you know it's a it's a perfect time to re-debut someone in and having him there um jazzy gabbert yeah coming yes. back in oh i don't know if she's working for the um promotion um full time because she had the the match with with millie mckenzie that was on shotgun yeah. as well so is that going to be her being there? And obviously she got a big response and there was her face-off with Avalanche, yeah. which was which was great as well. Um, Doug Williams. Oh, I forgot Doug was yeah. in there, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was wild. And then obviously it had... Uh, then we had the Marius Alani coming in and, and joining up with Tarkan. But it, then it, it all led in the end to... Um, uh, with Bobby Guns ultimately winning. Um, and it was a perfectly fine rumble. Um, I think the only issue, the main issue I had is it's difficult with that music that's being dubbed oh, over. Yeah, but you hear 30 <laughs> times oh, in a match God. and like what, 40 times, yeah. 50 times over the course of the show. Yeah. yeah. I get why they dub and I think it's the best route forward, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I much prefer it to hearing shite music in the arena which you just don't get into and don't invest yeah, in. Yeah, at least you've got the for the live crowd you're yeah. getting something from it. It's it's 
it's difficult with the with the rights issues yeah. that they that they have in Germany, which is a lot more stringent than in than in the UK. So that's how they get around it. Yeah. Um, and for anyone who, who is a problem for, I would say if you can get a chance to, it's definitely worthwhile going over there to experience it live with yeah. with the fans and with the music they come out to as well. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I think what, one of the things I really liked as well was how they paid off some of the Bobby Guns and Alani stuff from earlier as well. Yeah. So there was the moment where Alani and uh, Tarkan Aslan come, sorry, come together in the match. But then after that, we get Bobby Guns getting involved with the two of them. Bobby Guns getting the shotgun title and laying Alani out of it. Mm. Good way to advance this feud as well. Um, do we see Bobby Guns go find a tag team partner and go want, go against these guys as well? What's the relationship between these guys? Just some really good booking overall. The last two, it came down to Bobby Guns and Avalanche at the mm. end, which the crowd seemed well into. And it ended with Bobby Guns pulling Avalanche to the floor and Bobby Guns winning. Was it the Rey Mysterio finish? With it, it was like uh, which one of the Raw Rams ended? It, it was like an armbar, and it's sort of pulling them over the rope. Oh, was that Big Show and Benoit? Ah, uh, might be yeah, Big Show Benoit. Yeah, the Forgotten Rumble. Yeah, yeah, for obvious reasons. Yeah, um, yeah, it kind of played off that one a little bit. Thought great move having Bobby Guns win this. Yeah. I don't think Bobby Guns is ready for the big belt yet, but. One of the things I love about that shotgun title, it feels like the Intercontinental title. Old school what Intercontinental. the Intercontinental title should be. Uh, it feels like the Intercontinental title when Ricky Steamboat had it, or when, say, even The Rock or Triple H had it in the late 90s. Mm. And you know they're going to be the next guy. You know they're building them with that belt. And it very much felt like it was Bobby Gunn's time here. Um, be great to see Bobby Gunn's get a good showing in Carrot next year as well. And yeah. We know that WXW builds stuff quite slowly mm. over a series of time and really invest in their storylines. So... I'm sure we got some great things to come from Bobby Guns here. I almost felt like him and Alani had been elevated at the end of this show yes. as well, which really says something for the standard and the ability of WXW's booking team mm. and also how much the crowd buy into these guys. You think about the amount of homegrown talent on this card. It was insane. Yeah, There weren't that many imports. The guys who are homegrown are over with the crowd. I think they could do a carrot. With just homegrown guys. Yeah. I don't see what having a Mark Haskins or a Matt Seidel in that carrot last year added Just variety. Um, I, th- I, th- I think that's... I mean, I'm just... You know, yeah, they could do that. I think he said he doesn't want to do that. He likes the idea of a of a couple of invitational people coming in. Yeah, I don't... But then you had Riddle, you had Travis Banks yeah. as well. I get a couple. I don't know. I just think sometimes there are guys that have spots and there are guys who are on the roster who would probably benefit more from those spots and be cheaper. Um, So I wouldn't mind seeing a few more of the homegrown guys in there next year, if Mm. anything. Um, So that's WXW. Any last words on the shortcut to the top at all? Um, Not really. I'll just say to everyone, go and Go and watch it. And, yeah. you know, subscribe to WXW now, and I really enjoy it. I enjoy some of the documentaries they do. Yeah. They've managed to put a lot of, sort of archive footage. They've done a bit of a revamp. There's the Roundtable series that I was telling you about as well. Mm. I mean, that's really good content yeah. that's professionally made. They've had their sort of summer break, and they've come back, and they've they've come back with sort of a fresh new design. 
Um, and I felt like I've gotten back into WXW, which I normally after G1, I'd take a break from watching much wrestling. But with the amount of shows that's coming up, plus also some really good events being on in terms of WXW, mm. it, it's been easy. So it was an easy watch. Yeah, it wasn't a difficult easy. watch at all. Their shows I find very easy to watch. Yeah. They're, I think part of it's the production value as well. Yes. Their production value is like way ahead of any other independent promotion in the world. Yeah. Um, it makes the shows easier to watch. Mm. Um, you know that they really respect and understand how much production value adds to a show as well. Yes. I think WXW are possibly the, the most interesting promotion in the world in terms of them operating as an independent but employing people full-time to mm-hmm. know how to get by as an independent and investing in things that I think a lot of promotions take for granted. Look at Evolve. Evolve, yeah. the talent they have. They have Gabe as Booker. They're a bum-fuck indie, let's be honest. Look at those venues they run. Cheap flea markets. They invest in them. They don't think about the setting at all. They just look shite. I say in that, I watched the Rev Pro. I watched the main event from Rev Pro Chelmsford the other day. Production value was awful. It made it hard to watch at times. The venue was bad. Whereas WXW always run good little venues. I don't know if there's more of an abundance of the type of venue they run in Germany than there is here. I've been to a few clubs so. in Germany yeah. that look like the places they run as well. Um, and they are great venues for wrestling. Mm. Uh, I just hope that a British promotion, maybe Rev Pro with this TV deal, mm. is able to invest in even little things like graphics yes. that make these shows appear so professional and yeah. so slick, if anything. Um, right, so moving on from WXW, great things to come for WXW. JP's off to Tag League with Benno, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm not going to make that one this year, but uh, hopefully I'll be there for 16 Carat. Last thing we're going to talk about today, um, we haven't spoken about them in a little while, actually. Um, I've kind of stopped paying attention, but you Mm. have paid a little bit of attention to whatever progress I've been doing in the US. Um, JP, do you want to update us on progress in the US? Yeah, you can can hear it at the very start of this episode. Um, Some of the mental gymnastics that you need to go through to, to follow what's been going on in the US tour and certainly in terms of the tag team division um, there might be another one at the end of this show as well it's been it's been a weird one because as a show as a series of shows and this is going into spoiler alert territory so if you want them unspoiled then great I don't know when the VOD will come out that's well I said something on Twitter and apparently they're hiring an editor for these because I said if you don't ed- get these out soon they're going to become as irrelevant as those Australia shows you did. And mm. really, when this apparently plays into the Wembley show, they should be getting these out pronto yeah. and finding someone to help with the edit. I appreciate what a hard job editing is, yeah. but really there needs to be someone on board to come in and be trusted to edit these to get these out quickly with the amount of other things John Briley's got to do in his job role. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this was a, a really hectic tour. They were in six different cities over eight days. Um and it's it's just come to an end. I mean, I'm they're having a break until the end of this month, and then it's chapter seventy six back at the ballroom. That's the last show before they go to to um, Rory's Progress. Yep, um, with the Rory's Progress main event. Hmm. Um, so it all sort of started off first of all that Travis Banks was injured before he was able to go out there. So they had him pull off, um, be able to be pulled off the tour. Then they went to to Philadelphia. Um, and 
at, at that point in time, they had CCK win the tag team belts as part of the Thunderbusted. Now, Joe, are you, do you know what the rules are for the tag team Thunderbusted? No. Do you know what the standings are? I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> it's why would anyone? <laughs> Fair point. Um, so they had CCK defeat Gr- Grizzle Young Veterans because the belts are always on the line. Oh this. yeah, yeah. Um, bit like that Bellator tournament, welterweight tournament that's coming up. Um, so it's always on the line. So they had CCK win. Um, that was one of the more noticeable things. And there was lots of good matches on these shows. I've not seen them, so I haven't commented yet. Particularly the British Strong Style versus the Luchas six six man tag. Then the the next uh, then what happened is that Lycos was injured when winning the titles, so he had to withdraw. Um, which then meant they got Jonathan Gresham in to defeat them. And they'd actually lost to British Strong Style, but because they're not in the tag team Thunder Bastards, oh. it doesn't count as, as losing. Is that because Pete Dunn was in that one? Uh, I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, you can't have that WWE yeah. UK champion uh, yeah, being that's, a losing effort. That's that's pretty much it. Then they had, um, so they had them defending, and apparently had an amazing match with LAX in New York that, that people... Oh, yeah, in rave review. I had a couple of rave reviews about that one. Yep, they had Matt Riddle on these shows. WWE versus TNA. Well, although neither of the guys in the match on the progress side of things of WWE contracts, so... I'll have you know it's Impact Wrestling these days. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like you'll ever stick to it. Um, then Jonathan Gresham got um, injured. Um, in the match, I think against Sexy Star, so they had to replace him with Ar Fox, who's his training partner, to defend the titles for um, CCK. At the at the end of it, um, what <laughs> I know this is confused? all so complicated. Like this is Russo era WCW style stuff, or. This just yeah. reminds me of the shite TNA would be like. They're going to have yeah. a reverse battle royal for the tag team titles coming up soon, or a King of the Mountain match or something. Just to, so they, oh. but they had, but they had Grizzle Young Vets win them back. I can't even think of what when they did that, but they did that somewhere. Was that in Chicago? Possibly. Um, no, sorry. They had Flamita and Bandido defeat CCK. Okay, uh, Chris Brooks and AR Fox. And they then so are they in the Thunderbastard tag no, team? No, because they thing? lost it back to Grizzled Young Vets on the last night of the tour. So why did they get a title shot? Just it was just a, they wanted a title change on each like, of these shows. I understand shows. when they did the title changes in those like Sting Vader matches at Wembley because no one was meant to find out about them, and it was kind of for the house. But when everyone's going to see this, it just seems so complicated and hard to keep up with. Like well, a Thunderbastard yeah. tag league while going on at the same time as the Three and In series. Yeah. I mean, you've got... I know there's some bad oh, luck involved, but yeah. my God, is this overly complicated and just, like, I just get lost in it. Like, yeah. it's hard to keep up with. It, like, I just... Uh, no interest yeah, at the bound, end of the day. Bound for Glory series. Um, it's... I never really it's kept difficult. up with that now, shite. Do, do you want me to explain the three and in stuff as well? I'm not going to bother. Don't worry. I'm not going to... No, I'm not going to... I have No, the three and in is the singles stuff that's going on with the... Victories. I'm looking at you, and there is just like this kind of sense of of 
I don't know if you remember on the Far Show when Paul Whitehouse used to do that sketch where he watched people intensely. And oh, then yeah, he just, yeah. Eventually his interest would just wane and he just turn around and go, does anyone fancy a pint? You you have I that fancy look one right now. Yeah, it's you know what I think I might go for a few pints and I'm just going to sack off going oh, to the Wembley show because at the oh, moment uh, I, I can't follow any of this. Like it's I'm explaining about one nine eight. They're in there because um, what's one nine eight? That's him and Wild Boar. That's Flash Morgan Webster and Wild Boar. Why are they called the one nine eight? I don't know. It's just a name that they have. Okay, I, I'll find this out when I go to attack. So I'm sure it's attack related. Oh, okay, okay. So. Um, but yes, they're together in it because the person who signed the contract, and there's one from each team, was Flash Morgan Webster. And because Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Haskins didn't have a tag team name, it meant that Mark Haskins' name was not written down. So he's kind of been replaced by... Oh, this, <laughs> is, <laughs> this is clutching at straws. Like... Calm down. Um, oh, it's just your reaction's making me laugh. Just it's just bad. Like it's just like I say, WCW at the end style booking. Like it's just shite. Really is. How is anyone? How does anyone still get interest in this going on? Like, like honestly, there were. Alvarez was going berserk about the one in Seattle. He was. Oh, I'm sure his shows they've been good. You look at the talent on the shows. Yeah, I'm sure I, I watch some of the matches and really enjoy them, but. Investing in progress storylines at the moment just seems like effort. They're not easy to follow. They're complicated, I and mean, then there's they rarely are. a good payoff. This Jimmy Jimmy Abbott Mark Askins thing. Oh, I didn't write his name down on a piece of paper. It's like, bro, like, come the fuck on! <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, oh, so are you clear with where where it stands now with the tag? No, team? is anyone? <laughs> I don't even know are which you? tag teams you are in it. Just explained it. No, no, I'm 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 reading it. I, when reading it, I was very confused. Yeah. Um, if we're wrong, and we maybe we're just really thick, and it makes sense to everybody else, but I, I can't imagine that that's the case. All of this just sounds like clusterfuck rubbish. I watched the Walter Travis Banks title <laughs> change. Like, it was fine, but it was a clusterfuck, and I felt like I was watching a version of Travis Banks that he should never have been, because they just decided to turn him heel, because some people went boo for a little bit. It's just, this promotion, I think, is in the pits, booking-wise. The crowds aren't as loud as they used to be. They get there's, There are pops for moments, but they're not as into shows mm-hmm. as they used to be. Wembley is not looking good. It really isn't. I feel a bit sorry for him and losing Osprey and losing Zach as well, because... It's been a it's, mixture of... There's been some very bad luck yeah, that's yeah. gone their way, and some things they can't injury. actually control. Um, yeah, no, without whereas, a Whereas when it comes to, like, so, I mean... But these over, overly contrived, oh, well, he's coming in because he's uh, the third replacement yeah. because he's his training partner for the tag titles. Just don't make it for the... Like, when don't they, complicate it. Do not complicate it. When, like, they, when they set up the Thunder Bastards, there was always... And, and the league and the cup format of of the titles being on the line as well... I think you're kind of asking for trouble mm. and trouble's happened because yeah. it's it's a nightmare. Now, I think the only upshot of all of this, and we mentioned this with the Rev Pro um, uh, CCK match, 
I'm I'm just going to be glad that Jonathan Gresham's going to be working with NCCK and, and Chris Brooks be working within tag teams as well. And I think that's the place where they need to be. So from that perspective, I'm kind of happy for that. And I hope nothing happens towards the Open in the meantime. Otherwise, you'll be seeing Adam Brooks and not Davis as as new okay. Aussie Open if anything happens to one of them too. Will we? Okay. Uh, I just threw that in there to see what you think. Um, so yeah, that's progress, mate. I give up. Um, yeah, won't be going to Wembley at this point. I've, I've never known a promotion to. I've, I've, I've been so invested in mm. just gut of a dogs as much as progress as mm. in the last little while, and it wasn't amazing a year ago, and it's got worse since then. Yeah. It, it really has. The wrestling's good, the talent's good, the booking is all over the place. I don't know if the guys are overworked. I don't know if they're spending as much time on the booking. I don't know whether they spent too much time in the back-slapping gorilla position, um, watching how, I don't know, they all slap each other's backs in WWE over shite, epic storylines and all the rest of it. But, God, this is bad, isn't it? Really bad. And I think they yeah. must know that this is bad at this point as well. And it feels like they're in a perpetual cycle of shite. And I really hope Maybe, they- maybe WXW, will, the influence will rub off of them. Uh, I think they're doing too much WWE UK shows as well they're probably running two shows They've, to my knowledge there's no other staff in there as well that are handling other responsibilities I don't know I might be wrong on that one but it just feels like they need to actually recruit some people to deal with the sheer amount of work they're having to do because it sounds like they've got a fuck ton on and as a result they've become Vince Russo in 99-2000 I'm just waiting for I don't know, um, Jimmy Avoc's shoot on Glenn Joseph in the yeah. ring that we then find out has worked and then he walks out and then maybe the equivalent of Jeff Jarrett comes out or whatever <laughs> happened. It was it Bash at the Beach that was? Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. 2000? Yeah. Anyway, I digress. I think so. Yeah, what a load of rubbish. Let's, uh, let's end there. Um, why are we ending on such a downer? We've got these great Rev Pro shows coming up, which is such a great WXW show as There's well. There's so much good wrestling We've on. We've come off G1. Let's forget about the rubbish. And Joey Janela's lost in New York. Oh, that looks great. Riddle versus PCO. Yeah. Um, Meng versus... Um, uh, Nick, your favourite Nick Gage as well <laughs> uh, yeah that looks a lot of fun Housewives favourite Nick Gage oh, like prison officers favourite female <laughs> prison officers favourite Nick Gage maybe Possibly, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> sure he had a good time inside but, but one of the things to say as well is that there are so many good indie shows on this weekend that it's worthwhile having a look and see what's running in your local area because everyone appears to be running and I'm hoping that's the case. I think it might be the same for the bank holiday weekend as well. There may be a possibility that I might try and get myself along to Frontline as well. When's that? Next Tuesday. Oh, right. Um, so it's it's a there's lots going on. And there's lots to kind of fulfil your needs if you're a British independent wrestling fan. Yeah. So that's the happy note to finish on. Yeah, I look forward to Friday and... Uh... Yeah, maybe see you there. Well, I'll see you there. Yeah. Until then, I bid you a farewell. Bye. Break it off, break it off. I just want to see you take it off. T-Swift, that shit, yeah, shake it off. Are we going to take a trip? Taking off, oh yeah. Lay you down. I just want to be your body now. Show life's too short of a out of town.
so we better get to work out, working out. I get blacked out too easy. Ever since I was 16, wait, ever since I was 15. Oh shit, maybe sometime in between. I just wanna create some memories before I die this century. Fuck that if I should be enemy. Yo, do you believe in this? Hi folks, Glenn Joseph here with an update on the Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Haston's situation as pertains to the Thunderbusters series leading to the Thunderbusters tag team match at Wembley Arena. Now at Chapter 74, uh, Flash Morgan Webster handed me a document as himself and Wild Ball Mike Hitchman were leaving the venue. And that document was the original contract that was signed, of course, by, by the competitors. Now when I say competitors, a signatory from each tag team was assigned. That's why Chris Brooks, for example, when Kid Lycos was injured, said that he would prefer to represent CCK on his own. And that's also a key point here as well, the team name. CCK, uh, Aussie Open, Eminem, the Anti-Fun Police. There is a part on the document that says what the team name is. Now, as we know through Flash Morgan Webster, Mark Haskins, Vicky Haskins, and Jimmy Havoc, as this team that's never really had any name, it's been called Entropy, it was called Three H's, and then Flash Morgan Webster joining, it was just Mark Haskins and Flash Morgan Webster, so we never really thought anything about the team name being empty as they didn't technically have one. Well, because of this loophole in the contract situation, Flash Morgan Webster was the signatory who signed for Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Haskins. And at this point, he can essentially pick any tag team partner he wants. So as it stands, it looks like the team going forward in the tag team Thunderbusters series leading to Wembley Arena is no longer Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Haskins, but Flash Morgan Webster and the wild boar, Mike Hitchman. The one nine eight.